welcome to the Year of Yes podcast. I'm your host, Sam, here in Morgantown, West Virginia. And tonight, my special co-host is Chase Markham. Round of applause. <laughs> Chase, where are you coming from? Uh, Huntington, West Virginia. Ta-da. Yeah. And what are you known for? Or, um, I started a podcast within the last year with uh, my friend Shannon Stowers. Uh, called the Mountain Made Podcast, and we kind of just speak to creative folks from from around here. And let me tell you, it is cool. Everyone should subscribe to it because you get to find out what's happening in West Virginia and hear from these creatives who are doing really cool things. It's very yeah. cool. Yeah, that's kind of the the overall um, goal of it is so people can. No, there are other things going on here other than some of the headlines that we that tend to write themselves, I'd say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love uh, that artists really do exist everywhere. Everywhere. I would argue that here more so than than anywhere because resources can be limited at times and uh, people are making do with what they have. And if people here are, are anything they're resourceful. Mm -hmm. So I'm always blown away by some of them. Mm -hmm. So tell me about the yes to starting the podcast, how that started. Whenever I first started woodworking, I felt like people didn't appreciate handmade things that were, were being made by someone, you know, down the street. So I, I wrestled with that for uh, probably the better part of a year or two. Um, and then I caught wind of a podcast in Wheeling called um, Appalachian Sound and Color that is out of the clientele art studio, Logan Schmidt and uh, Will, I cannot remember his last name, forgive me. Uh, they created that. So they did that for about a year and I'd actually reached out to them and said, hey, you all ought to come to Huntington. We've got a lot of great people because we, we do. And they unfortunately had gotten busy with their physical space in Wheeling. I'm not sure if you've been there yet. Not yet. But um, I felt like there was a void there. And every other week I would be like, man, we ought to, uh, we ought to do a podcast. We ought to do a podcast. And it wasn't until I, one night, Shannon, the guy that helps me with this, Shannon Stowers, uh, we were sitting around and I, I pitched it to him. And we waited, you know, 48 hours. So <laughs> we were, we had some in us whenever I pitched the idea and he said, Hey, you know what? That, that idea is pretty good. Um, so we kind of just, the act of saying yes to it was really, it was something that wasn't here that we wanted to see. So we thought we'd throw our hat in the ring because nobody else was doing it. So had you had any prior uh, recording experience or editing experience, or did you just teach yourself no. everything once you started? Yeah, that would have made way too much sense to have had any kind of experience in it, you know? Was there any point at which you were like, I can't do this? Um, were, you, were you ever close to saying no and not continuing? Yes. The editing process is... It is time consuming and um, there's a finite amount of time in a day. And can I wake up 
run, edit the podcast, then go to work, then have time for, you know, woodworking, which is my the hobby that I really is, is a mindless joy for me. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that combination is hard. And uh, so sometimes I tell myself no, or get real close to saying no some days, but yeah, you just power on. The whole podcast started, I actually had a website on, you would have been, you would have laughed at it, just given your background, but it was called Appalachian Artworks. And it was just supposed to be like a little database of local people to, again, kind of like amplify that, um, that voice of those people. And it just kind of went to the wayside, but a podcast seemed more manageable. How silly was that? Right. So now you're silly. looking back you're like that database was easy <laughs> oh yeah you mean i just had to copy and paste like whatever blurb that they sent me into their bio and yeah. like upload their images and then i just like set it and forget it yeah oh well no uh-huh. we'll, we'll put out episodes every two weeks instead. Uh-huh. well it sounds like you've always been drawn to connecting and promoting the arts yeah I like people who who are connectors and promoters of other people. I don't know why I enjoy it so much, to be honest. I, I, I don't think I've spoken, or I don't think we, Shane and I, have spoken with anybody yet that we just didn't actually respect and like and actually enjoy their work. Uh, and I think that's the, the important thing, because if I didn't genuinely like these people, I don't think it would yeah. be that great. You know, it would be really cool. What's that? If you had a mountain made festival. So you, you could invite everyone, all of your previous guests and have like this big weekend art festival. It would be so cool. You could even sell tickets. I've been trying to, Shannon and I, we were saying we're coming up on a year in March or April or, or whatever it is, but uh, we are kicking around that idea. I don't know how that will materialize yet. We wanted to do something um, this this winter to do something for, for charity. Um, mm-hmm. Like that clientele art studio in Wheeling, they do mm-hmm. something called Deck the Halls where an artist paints a skateboard. They auction it off for a charity. So we were kind of like, oh, that would be that would be something we'd be interested in doing. Otherwise, I think we might just have everybody come over to the house and yeah, and hang eat, out. Yeah. Eat, eat pizza, drink beer and we'll yeah. do a little update. I think that'd be awesome. I think maybe we'll see. I request an invitation, even though I haven't been on the podcast. Hey, you can come on, you come on down anytime. Genuinely. I mean that, that offer oh, stands. I will. I will. How did you get into woodworking? Oh, that's like a, um, cause your, your pieces are amazing. Hey, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> My grandfather, um, on both sides, one was a machinist and he could make and fix anything. The other, uh, worked for the railroad and he was like, we had, he had a building, we called it. And that's, he had like a, a hobbyist woodworker or woodworking shop, if you will. Um, but I didn't really spend any time working with him down there just cause I was, I was too young. Mm-hmm. Um, so I say, I kind of got the genes from, from my family 
because even even my grandmother, she would make things on a bandsaw and, and oh, cool. sell them at craft fairs. They were all all like that. But then I remodeled my home about eight, seven or so years ago at this point, and I had a lot of tools laying around. So I was like, well, I could I'll take up woodworking. I've got all the tools. And turns out I had like none of the tools that I actually needed. So now I think I have all of the tools and it's just been like what I've, it's my hobby. It's like an obsession. If I cared as much about my real job as I did woodworking, (laughs) I'd be a lot better off. I understand that. But now you have one of your pieces is in a museum. Did I see that? Oh, that was um, back during, so Marshall. I'm in Huntington, so Marshall is the university mm-hmm. uh, here, and they do a exhibit. I forget the name of it, to be entirely truthful, but it's open to the public, and I just applied for it and, and got in. Uh, that's actually, that cabinet is in a room next door, so I, I still have that one, but it got accepted into an exhibition, which was cool because I'm not an art trained person so that was a a new endeavor for me it's super cool it was i'd be proud of that (laughs) i am okay so what has been another influential yes in your life Uh, i i kind of hate my answer here um but that was something that i i kicked around a lot and everything that uh, i would think about kind of came back to uh, my education Whenever I graduated high school, I didn't know what I wanted to do. My mother almost, uh, she told me, you're going to go to nursing school. Their applications are due today, blah, 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 blah. And I I came home the first couple of days and said, hey, I don't think I can do this, blah, 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 blah. But I kind of went on with it. And now um, I'm, I'm a nurse and everything that I have has not directly came from, oh, I went to college and got a degree, but through, through school, I met like my best friend. Um, in that same vein, I met my wife at my first job. Um, it has given me gainful employment to where I can pursue all my various passions that I'm into. So, that was a yes that I really, I didn't see the totality of what it would give me, but now I'm I'm very happy that I, that I did. Yeah. But, it was a yes to your mom. Yeah. Well, there's, that's voluntold as, yeah. as people say. <laughs> I was voluntold, but it turns out, um, one of the the best things to ever ever happen to me because uh again i would have been fine i i know i would have been fine i think it just expedited the process a little bit Mm. what do you think you would have said yes to otherwise for a career i'm not sure i probably would have done a trade to be honest um whether it just be an electrician or, or been a carpenter or anything i i just enjoy working kind Mm -hmm. of as odd as that sounds no it doesn't sound odd sometimes i think about leaving my web design job um that i'm just sitting behind a computer 
all day long and taking up a trade like being an electrician or a plumber although i don't know if i'd want to work with poop but that's the thing that people think they do not realize plumbers deal with regularly yeah yeah Yeah. how did you get how did you because you have your own company right Mm -hmm. okay gotcha so how did you get started in web design and things so actually i took my first html class when i was in like seventh grade (laughs) there was there were some summer classes at the community college in my hometown and html was like brand new (laughs) which is really funny to think about um so it was definitely the up-and-coming technology Back when GeoCities was, you know, just starting. (laughs) (laughs) I barely recall that. No offense. No, none taken. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I took my first web class when I was in seventh grade and then dabbled in it, but wasn't super nerdy. Um, And then I went to college and majored in graphic design, web design and photography and then i moved to austin and i learned about this thing called wordpress at my first job in austin and uh i fell in love with its its community and its possibilities and its flexibility and so that job ended i went to another job uh was still designing websites and building them and that job ended and this woman, her name was Emily Leach. She was older than me and she had been freelancing for many years. She called herself genetically unemployable. And so she started this course. It was free. Um, and I think it was four weeks long and it was called freelancing 101. And she lined up speakers. Uh, it was like eight hours a day and every day covered a different topic of running your own business so we covered taxes for free yes we covered taxes we covered bookkeeping we covered saving for retirement we covered marketing we covered figure out figuring out your pricing and your products like everything it was incredible um and it was during that class that a switch flipped in my head and i was like oh I could do this as a living. This could like be a job. Cause before I had always freelanced quote unquote in between corporate jobs Mm -hmm. as like, yeah, I'll build somebody a website so I can feel better about my fun employment. (laughs) So it wasn't anything I ever took seriously or saw myself doing seriously, but taking that freelancing 101 class, it was like, oh, I could be a business owner. What do you think everyone should say yes to at least once in their life? Don't be afraid to look stupid. Uh, say yes to humiliating yourself in front of, you know, however many people download your podcast. And uh, why Why do you think that's important? Because I think we put a lot of emphasis on outward perceptions especially in today's world that seems to be we're ate up with that but it doesn't matter you know um it's what i've kind of found the only thing that matters are 
the people in your community and the people in your community will remember whenever you were kind to them or helped them or so if you put yourself out there in a way that is also helping other people, my God, like don't worry about it. And if somebody thinks that I say like, or um, a lot, or they don't like the way that I sound, who cares? It doesn't matter mm-hmm. at all. I don't, has anybody asked you that same question yet? What is something you think everybody should say yes to? I don't know. You can certainly ask me though. Okay, well, what is something you think everybody should say yes to? I think there are a lot of things that I think everyone should say yes to at least once. But the one that comes to mind first is learning how to play an instrument or taking singing lessons, whatever you're more interested in, even if it's just for... Even if it's just for like three months, even if you only take three lessons, I think everyone should say yes to that. I just learned that there's such a thing as a February album writing month. And there's a whole, it's a whole website, fawm.org. Okay. (laughs) And the, the idea is you pledge to write a song every other day, um, in February. So you're supposed to come up with 14 songs in 28 days, which is crazy. I've never written that much. Now, are you like really into music or? Just... I I really love music. I'm not like uber. There are people who know more about music than me and know more about instruments and they can listen to a track and they're like, oh, that that's that kind of synth. And oh, they're playing that kind of guitar with that kind of amp. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't do that, but <laughs> my life gotcha. is music. Gotcha. Do you, so you're not, uh, you enjoy music, not so much writing music is a different, or are you, do you write a lot or? I don't write a lot. I have aspirations for writing. There have been times in my life when I've been more prolific than other times, but I've never written 14 songs in 28 days. Yeah. <laughs> the most prolific songwriting time in my life was for the six months that I lived in New York City as an adult. And I was in this three-story brownstone, maybe it was four-story, on the Upper East Side. And it was empty because they were trying to sell it. Um, But they wanted somebody to stay there so that, like, it didn't get broken into, so that it looked, so it was lived in, you know? Sure. So I was living in this empty, like, $5 million brownstone. (laughs) And I just had a futon and... um, the person who was selling the house had like an old crappy classical guitar that he let me borrow while I was there. And I didn't have a job. Like I was looking for jobs. I was doing some, some prep cook stuff at Yankee stadium, which is a whole other story, but mostly it was just me in this brownstone with a guitar and a computer. And I wrote like 10 songs, but it was, I mean, it was like, it was six months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. You've lived in every country for some stint, it seems. Not which every is, country. Well, quite a few. <laughs> uh, do you? I said yes to adventure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I say yes to adventure. Well, do you mind me asking what the, um, 
you're interviewing me more than <laughs> oh sorry I uh, no go ahead no i'm interested you're in uh, host well, mode <laughs> um how did you come to saying yes to moving to west virginia or entering the ascend program or how did you even hear about that <laughs> I wish I remembered how I heard about it. I swear that one of my friends sent it to me or that it was, they sent me an article about, um, oh, what's it called? Incentive programs, remote worker incentive programs. And the Ascend one was listed in the article, but none of my friends remember sending it to me. So it just, it arrived in my email or somewhere at the right time. <laughs> Um, I, so I was in Berlin, I moved there October, 2017, and I was there for the pandemic, the first two years of the pandemic, and it was rough. And by the end of the pandemic, Germany was about to, Berlin was about to enter its third lockdown, and we still didn't have um we still didn't have vaccine access the rate at which they were doling out the vaccines was so abysmally slow and very bureaucratic that i mean my friends were getting vaccinated here like way before i was even going to have a chance to like i think my friends started getting their first shots in march or april and I wasn't even going to have a chance to get my first shot till August or September. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I decided to come back to the States to get my vaccines. And while I was here, I was like, I think it's time to move back. Um, I want to be closer to my mom. I don't want to be a two day plane ride away from my mom. Um, there were, it's, there are really wonderful things about Germany and there are really hard things about Germany and being an expat in Germany. And I was tired. Uh, so I knew I was going to come back to the States. I just wasn't sure where I was going. And I had a list of, of options. Uh, Morgantown was not on it. It was places like Asheville, North Carolina and um, Fort Collins, Colorado and Raleigh, Durham, <laughs> Kansas City. Um, and then I applied for the Ascend program and I was like, well, if I get accepted, I'll come and, you know, it'll be an experiment. If I don't get accepted, then I have a list of other places. I'm probably moving to Durham. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got accepted and I was like, oh, well, <laughs> guess we I'm go. going. <laughs> and since I came, like, I found out how wonderful Morgantown is. And especially the people who live here, and not just the people of Morgantown, but like the people of West Virginia are some of the most wonderful people I have ever met or lived around. It, um, this place man i love it here and i i don't know what it is i can't put my finger on it but there's some shared experience where if you are willing to come here 
hang out and you know be one of us like they will give you not just the shirt off their back they'll give you your pants their their <laughs> their shoes whatever you need yeah you know? they're so incredibly generous and helpful and yeah kind yeah. what is one thing you think i should say yes to in west virginia what you should do is Huntington Music and Arts Festival. Oh. That's that's something you should you should come down to. That's okay. on a Saturday uh in September. And that is a good time. They'll have tons of bands, tons of music, art, all that stuff. Sweet. I didn't haven't even heard of it. I don't want to uh, go back on my my thing. But have you been to Healing Appalachia yet? Oh no, I haven't. I was actually in Lewisburg um, when that was taking place, but no, I didn't go. Okay. You can edit it however you like, but <laughs> Healing Appalachia, I think, is, is a worth, would be a more worthy and worthwhile thing to go to. Um, no, now they both have to go on my list. Have you... And I'm by far and away, like, I'm not like an authority to speak on the opiate or substance use issues around here at all, but, um, well, you are a nurse. Yeah. Yeah. But it's something that everybody has run into here, unfortunately, and I'm sure you've seen it there to some extent. Um, but having lived here and seeing the people that, you know, family members, uh, classmates, people like that go through that. Healing Appalachia is by far and away the, one of the most important things to, um, for people to go to, in my opinion, because it lets people from the public see the, um, the inner workings of, of things that are going on to help those people and they need it. And the, our politicians sure haven't done a dang thing to fix it themselves. So, Yeah, what do you think the politicians of West Virginia need to say yes to in order to help this opioid epidemic? Uh, they need to say fewer yeses and more noes to <sighs> deposits into their bank accounts. They need to say yes to identifying or just saying yes that hey this is something that happens to normal people normal mm -hmm. west virginians um we, for some reason man people there's a stigma surrounding it they want to deny that it's an issue i know they have family members who are going through substance use disorder and um we we sell ourselves short but healing appalachia go to it okay i'll put it on my I'll put it on my West Virginia bucket list. Yes, may. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, Do dude. Thank you. I'm sorry that you had to have me. No. <laughs> so, no, I just think... genuinely thank you for, for doing this. And thank you for coming to West Virginia and hanging out with us for however long you decide to, to stick around. Well, it has been an easy decision to make. And the next time you see um, Brad Smith's Cousin, nephew, nephew, son, brother, nephew, cousin. That's a Wayne <laughs> County relative, man. <laughs> Whenever you see one of the Smiths, you can just thank them for me. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I will. <laughs> okay, well, that wraps up another episode of the Year of Yes podcast.
If you want to join the Year of Yes community and pledge your yes, you can go to yearofyespodcast.com. You can also find us on all the normal places like Instagram and TikTok, Spotify, all the podcast places, YouTube. So until next week, keep saying those yeses, people. And even if you say a few no's, that's okay because life requires some no's sometimes. But every no is a yes to something else. So just think about that. All right. Bye.